0: Let's see what's on board today. And welcome back to Educational Triage. This is Tony, and I am, of course, joined with the ever-knowing Philip. Aloha. So this week, we are talking about critical race theory, which is probably, not probably, it really is a huge, huge, huge topic. And it's very misunderstood. People don't know what the heck it is. People like to talk about it, but they don't really know what it is. Is that correct?
1: That's really correct because it's not what they think it is.
0: Okay. So before we tuck in, why don't you give the audience, our listeners and our viewers on YouTube, why don't you tell them what gives you the right to talk about critical race theory Uh, before we begin?
1: I hate that word. I I have a right to that. I don't have a right, but I have some experience. I have a, um, black studies and history degree from Portland State University. And so I studied uh, history also with an accent on African history and, and West Asian, Middle Eastern, what's known as Middle Eastern in other terms, uh, history. So I was getting really familiar with that topic. I was, then I went to my grad program and taught with international studies magnet. And then uh, I was, a, my mentor was Jeffrey Brooks, Jeff Brooks, who who taught African American history wow, I think he started in like the 70s. For obvious reasons, it was it was a majority of Black students. And um, he and I were the only ones teaching it for a few years, gosh, in the 90s, late 90s. In any case, I, I've studied it myself. I studied it in the grad stuff, um, CRT, and I also studied sociology as an undergrad. I was kind of well-rounded because I was certified social studies. So it's odd to think about, but for me, it was like, wow, sort of specific, specific and boring in a way, um, mm-hmm. because it's based in conflict theory from sociology. And it kind of comes from, that's how I was introduced to it. There's there's three ways that sociology- What's conflict theory? Right. Three things that sociology is kind of looking at the world at, and it's the structural, the structural functional approach. You know, what do we do as, as a society? Sociology is to- is to humans, what psychology is to one human, you know, how do we do things in a society? Okay. So the first way would be structural, functional, and you know, how we operate, how do we do our stuff? How how do we, you know, how does the, how do we set up bureaucracies? You know, how do we do that? That sort of thing. And the other, the second would be a symbolic, interactional approach. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of uh, more present day like right now why is our society divided would be a great sociological question under the symbolic interaction and the third would be the conflict approach and that's the orientation that considers a macro level an overall level that there's an unequal distribution of desired resources sort of thing and you know why does that happen how does that happen and that the proponents of that and where it came from was wb to boys and c right mills but also karl marx Right, and so that's loaded. I'll load it. Yeah. So when you say Karl Marx, well, it's like only in the facts. They're only in the relationship that Karl Marx had to, to conflict and conflict theory, and you know how societies will conflict with each other and such. So when you're studying it, that's where CRT came from. It originally came from that approach of studying. It actually came. Um, and I will have to think about this from the law. They were studying the law because it really applied to how the law was unequally applied, honestly. It's so really relevant to that. And then right. sociology. Yeah. So critical legal studies. Critical legal studies, that's what it was. Yeah. And that was um, that was the same group that came up with well, later critical race theory. And that was Derek Bell and Richard Delgado. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a, some other names in there. They did a lot of work in that.
0: Kimberly Crenshaw. <laughs>
1: yep. Okay. And so that was, th- there was sort of these, it was a range of essays put out in the 80s, I believe, originally. And they just talked about the conflict and how it has like, it, it, it kind of sprang into a life of its own because it talked about racism. It had some proponents that were interesting. The first thing is racism is not, an aberration. It's not like, well, that was then, and this is now, or gosh, they were different then, or that was our history. You know, it's not an aberration it's there. And secondly, it serves an important purpose. Um, And whatever that purpose may be, it's so important in fact, that it has to be, you know, manifested as laws and it has to be enforced as laws. So that's based on race and race is completely socially constructed. Okay. So there's three steps to it. It would say that first racism is, is not, it's kind of like accepting that racism is there. It's, it's, it's not some blip on the radar screen. We're in a racist society and that it serves an important purpose to what we don't know. It becomes kind of plain to see sometimes if you look closely and that color or race is just invented by the human context. It's just, it's 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 invented and it's kept alive subconsciously by the society itself. It invents, manipulates, or retires it when convenient, but it does manifest that. Society so society is in charge of what race is. It could not see race very easily. Okay, you have
0: you have completely lost me.
1: Okay, let's let's put it this way. It looks, it's a laser beam kind of focus, critical race theory on critical or conflict and then race theory in society saying that the proponent is we do live in a racist society. Okay. That there is, it manifests itself for a purpose. And then that's based on race or perceived race. And it's kept, kept alive or, you know, reduced as it may be by the overall society. It's manipulated by the society as a whole, not just. So the predominant, so yeah.
0: so, the predominant culture, yeah, is uh, what governs the racism. Exactly, and it does so for those purposes that it
1: deems necessary.
0: And okay, and what so with right those... now I would say that
1: people are using race to scare, scare to scare basically the predominant culture. Saying the race is coming, you know, people of color will will uh, outnumber people that aren't of color, white people, by the year
0: twenty thirty eight. Say this is the replacement theory, correct? Is that replacement theory? I mean, if that's what it's that's my understanding. If if I'm wrong, somebody please correct me.
1: Yeah, that would be reality. I mean, if you look at it, this nation has been attracting immigrants since forever, Mm -hmm. and the first immigrants were the Brits, and and you know the other.
0: Well it wasn't just the press, it was the Huguenots it was the yeah it was yeah
1: it's it's a big the place. Germans
0: yeah. exactly,
1: so to say that's kind of absurd, of course, people of color if you're looking at color, <coughs> excuse me, so if you think color is substantial, color differences can be dangerous, and you accent that, and then you th- think about things like and eventually people of color will outnumber white people that can scare you when in fact that's an eventuality. It's not a bad thing. It's the way things are. It's the way America is constructed.
0: So but it, but yeah. worldwide, the mm-hmm. white race is outnumbered anyway. Exactly. So you're hunkering
1: down and manning the battle stations when in fact there's no fight, but you're going to make a fight that way by basing it on that color. You right. would say that. And if you notice, like, Black Lives Matter, it it really embraced us. Everyone sort of embraced it. Remember, corporations embraced it. Mm -hmm. And they started getting along with that one. And don't think they did that because they're wonderful humans. They did it because there's a profit to be made.
0: Well, exactly.
1: (laughs) And so they all of a sudden going, yay, you know, we're for social justice. Because now it pays. That would be a condition that Mm -hmm. critical race theory would look at. And it's, it's kind of like, it's the messenger. It It's, it's interesting. You know, if you think about it, I, I, I looked at it, I try to look at things to understand them, you know, why do we do these things? And that was focused on that conflict, but it's kind of like the, you become so sub unconscious of it all. It's like the fish that are swimming along and one fish turns to the other and says, you know, the water, well, the water's cold today. And the other fish says, what's water? It's like you just don't know that mm-hmm. it, you're basing things on race. Like I said, when I when you group people, you meet them and go, "Hi, my name's so and so." You know, what do you do? That's a you know as a profession. That's a way of grouping an individual. We just do it subconsciously, kind of. Like, okay, how do I deal with this? Oh, they're a professional. They're a laborer. They're this. It's we just kind of do that. And we don't think about it.
0: How different? Let me ask you this: yeah. Does critical race theory translate into other cultures? For example, mm. if you were to go to China, if you were to go yeah. to Japan, you mean non-human? Oh yeah, that's a good point. Would so. critical race theory stand?
1: Um, well, critical race theory just looks at this this incredible conflict that you have. Well, how, you know, and the origins and what it is, and it just right,
0: but where, where?
1: anywhere That's, i mean if i was i don't so know it history. would work in so china it would work
0: sure oh yeah
1: i mean jamaica had a really stratified interesting system because <laughs> we have a very separated system because slaves were kept separate from whites
0: right. period i
1: mean they didn't get to do any mm-hmm. of this stuff they just weren't included in any of the social structure so they developed like a, a separate culture in jamaica it's sort of Became tones of whiteness or blackness. So if you were a light skinned black, you were just naturally treated better. You're dark skinned black, you were naturally treated worse. And they well, didn't have a permanent form of slavery. They were actually freed. And I can't remember how long, but there was a, a certain time limit after which slaves could get their freedom in that place.
0: But like, you know, that's culturally, I mean, if you go into South America, because I used to live down there. There is a caste system. And the lighter skinned you are, usually the easier it is for you to do anything. Mm -hmm. But then as you get darker, it becomes tougher. And at the lower end of that are the black people. And so they are, what's really interesting is the country that I was living in, we had a black Nazi running for president. (laughs) Oh, jeez. And he was one of the final candidates. So, you know, you take a look at the art, and you see, well, this the art there tends to be very surrealistic. Well, so was the life, but no, there is a caste system down there, and so you have to think
1: theory would look at that, and I would say it's pretty universal. People stratify pretty quickly, pretty extensively, the whole Indian caste system. I don't Mm -hmm. know very much about it, but I guess there are quite the barriers between them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's in this nation, critical race theory just showed me just in more academic terms that we just have a, a different system. We have a racially discriminating system. It it picks people out. White people do in fact get away with certain crimes or they don't get looked at, or, you know, black people get looked at more in all these ways. You know, the thing is people think in those terms and so they act in those terms.
0: Right. So, okay. Yeah. So let's I mean, go and back. I wanted, to, I wanted to add
1: one more but thing too. Intersectionality is really, um, really kind of does a number with critical race theory. Because if Explain. you think about it, there's there's one more thing that about critical race theory is that there's a sort of a cultural identity that, mm-hmm. you know, you know, those black people, you know those people, you know, those white people, this, you know, those Asian people. It's those those people, people
0: your people.
1: Those people. Yeah. And they're all alike. And so one of my examples. So the is, the stereotypes. After Martin, yeah. After Martin Luther King died, you know, everyone's kind of going, Well, who's the next black leader? At least all the white people. But the device, the, the diverse black culture was going, what are you talking about? I mean, first we're mourning and second, you know, we're just, we're so diverse, a bunch of people. What do you, who's our next leader? Who's your next leader? Who's,
0: who's, so well, they're it's, looking it's a, for the next messiah, right? Yeah. Well, everyone just kind
1: of thinks that the black identity is so concrete that it needs another leader. You know, like Martin Mm Luther King seemed to be, yeah, kind of like the messiah, at least the white people. He was much more palatable than Malcolm X, which said, "Uh -uh, (laughs) uh-uh, no more. But, and in the end, I love Malcolm because in the end he goes, yeah, hey, uncle, I was wrong. Um, You know, we are all like, it's bad, but I don't think the white man is the devil. He was, he's actually making contrition, I would believe. Anyway, so they were sort of like when Martin Luther King died, white folks lost their way of dealing with black people well that's the only thing i understood and so there's that identity that's sort of like you're always part of that club if your skin is darker Mm -hmm. and intersectionality really messes with that because if you think about it they're
0: black what is what is intersectionality
1: well it's a prideful sort
0: of if you had to put it into two sentences that were very clear and concise what would you terribly prideful defense of this of a of
1: a spec of specific identity i would give say. me an example who oh gosh um i'm probably going to make everybody mad here goes now uh i could make up a hypo- hypothetical uh no, you know just oh, oh, like prideful oh a person that's just so over the top like Philadelphia, you know, going to rage at the football game, kind of thing. You know, I mean, I don't know if there's a group. How about soccer hooligans? You okay, know?
0: soccer hooligans. How are they intersexual? Intersection- so if they went, <laughs> intersexuality. <laughs> so if they went
1: on a rampage, saying, you know, that that this is us. We are an identity. We deserve you know recognition, even though this is the basis of our behavior. This is how we interconnect. You know, this is us, and we deserve rights because. You know, that's, you know, we just are a group, a conglomerate group, or an interest group, you know, and we need to be, you know, specifically kind of looked at, addressed to, and heard. And it's kind of like, yeah, but you're just kind of like, you're just soccer hooligans, or it's, it's, I don't want to put it down. Well, the intersection would be, you're right. Intersections have to have political power, I guess, what it would be already. And, if you think about it, okay, I'm fessing up uh, I'm used to be Democrat i I vote independent, but I lean so heavily Democrat, but it's always the Democrats who can't seem to get it together because the old phrase goes, uh, Republicans get behind it, and no no fall Republicans fall in line, and Democrats fall in love. Democrats don't get stuff done because they're kind of quibbling at like well our group, this group, my district, this district, you know. These, this, these, this minority, that minority. And it's like, you know what? There's a bigger plan <laughs> and quit quibbling and quit disagreeing over the finer things at the intersections and come together. You know, like you got a cake pan. Don't cut the stuff before you bake it or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't have to bake 12 separate brownies. You can bake the pan and we can cut it. In the but I'm still, I'm still
0: of- lost as to what intersectionality is. <sighs> It's when your interests just
1: don't align with anyone else's. So Although what does that intersect look, with? Well, what I, what I guess I'm saying is CRT... You're really fleshing this out. Thank you. CRT, the way you look at CRT is it would place an artificial intersection on Black people. It would... Or, or, or interest group of Black people would cordon them off. Asian people are Asian people.
0: Okay. Uh, so you're talking so, stereotypes then? Yeah. Yeah, I guess So you take a group of people and you stereotype them, course. and that's one of the intersections because that is one of the paths that you cross.
1: And they would and they would fight amongst it, you know. There would be, you know, if you're trying mm-hmm. to overcome it in a society, it's sort of you know, like for a long time women were working with men to get rid of slavery, to abolish slavery in the eighteen early eighteen hundreds.
0: Well, actually, women, were, to them, were, women were treated worse.
1: Them. Yes. And, and that's the whole thing it was like they said everyone was starting to roll and they said hey gentlemen how about you know a little slice for us women if you notice there's a little bit of lack of rights here and they're going well what are you talking about what's water you know they were just confounded that these these sojourner truth was actually what are you talking this
0: is nonsense women don't have value <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> what value do they have <laughs> well actually Actually, the political power of women in the 19th century was huge. Look at Harriet Beecher Stowe. What you have to remember is that once she wrote Uncle Tom's Cabin, which have you read it? I so. It's been a long time. It's a wonderful soap opera. It's a it's wonderful a, soap opera. I remember thing. being in yeah. a literature class and it. people serial. were saying, "Oh, I cried. It was so sad." And I, they said, "How did what did you think?" And there were some people who said, "I just laughed through the entire book." I mean, it was so conflict.
1: over the top. Crime and Punishment but, was written that way as a serial.
0: <laughs> well, well the it's thing with the thing with this was that it really touched. It was it was part of sentimental literature. And yeah. so the women, they read it, and then who cooked, who cleaned, who had the ear of their husbands, and who kind of ruled the household, and honey, this is what you're going to do if you want to be happy at home. And so women actually had a lot more clout than people give them credit for.
1: There, That's that sort of what critical race theory would say when it's in the interest of everyone, it's sort of allowed to come forward.
0: Mm-hmm. But and see, to... that's what women did. I mean, that's yeah. how the abolitionist movement went. It was yeah. first begun by the women who then had the husbands under their thumb.
1: It, yeah, it It's taken me a lifetime, but to, to include women in history, you know, but now it just, it's, I'm very fluent in, in, in everything I see. I can, But for the longest period, I was almost brainwashed to think that, aside from a few women, they always come up with um, Harriet Tubman. There, women kind of aren't in history, and I'm like, yeah, Yeah, that can't be right. I was sort of (laughs) cross wires on that. That whole half of us is just not doing nothing. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Yeah, it's like,
0: and I mean, there's the famous quote by Abraham Lincoln looking at Harriet Beecher Stowe saying, "So you're the little lady that." started this mess, right? <laughs> did, he, did he say that? Something, oh, it was a, something, something along such, those lines. Oh my God, I but, wish I knew that. I didn't know but that. But my, okay. my big thing is that you had the North who was abolitionist and they were fighting against, and they wanted to go against the South. Mm-hmm. And the Civil War began for several reasons, several factors, not just slavery. And no. abolishing it but yeah. when they when when the black population began to move north for the industry for jobs for a better way of life from the mm-hmm. south they were redlined they were put so, into yeah. their place they were not warmly welcome because it became uh, a question of uh, nimby nimby not in my backyard
1: which was based on race Right. Which was a concept that was invented. So,
0: okay. So, it's hard to
1: explain to people that because when you're enslaving people on another continent, and you're trying, apparently, if you're trying to rationalize it, this is how I think, but I don't think like a racist, so I don't know. Uh, But how it works is you have to, like, make that human something other than human. And if, if that human is dark-skinned, all the better. Hey, they look much different.
0: Well, if that's they're different than you are, people. then they don't feel, they don't think, they don't eat, they can't.
1: Well, that's not even if, something that came into concept for the longest period of time. People were so intermingled. They really, they stayed familial or perhaps religious communities. But generally speaking, if you were dark-skinned or light-skinned, you were many explorers, you know, in the first 500 years of exploration were. Africans. I mean, they just were on ships. They were dark skinned because they came from Africa. Right. And so no one even thought about it really. And
0: then all of a sudden it
1: becomes this, there's black and white. And it's like, that's not even a concept 500 years ago.
0: Well, actually it was because according to African myths. Oh, okay. Look at African myths. They will say that the people from the North were not baked long enough and the people yeah. from and the people from the south meaning yeah. the africans some of them were left to bake just a wee bit too long
1: let me specify you're right economic separation there was no okay. there was no significant economic principle that made color a viable concept. There were lots of cultures that said, you know, we're, we're darker or lighter than they are. We're better or worse. And we're the only people on earth and people tend to do that, but not from a, a macro view, see race for economic, in a big deep economic so- sociological societal, you know, sense.
0: But now the it's a idea, but the idea of slavery and treating mm-hmm. people as less than, I mean, if you look at Roman slaves, if you look at Greek slaves, yeah. And there was a lot of intermingling because they yeah. are so close to the African continent. And yeah. and they did co-mingle a great yeah, deal. Yeah, that was a
1: different form of slavery, though. This was, But it
0: was still slavery. Industrial still, slavery.
1: This was literally well, industrial it slavery. It had more to do like, with conquering. It had more, more to do with
0: exactly. conquering a yeah. culture because the Romans yeah. conquered the Greeks, imported the Greeks into their culture so that they could learn more because they were such... I would say that the Romans were far more industrial because they couldn't think. They were not as creative as the Greeks were. Look at how much they mimicked the Greek culture. They just changed the names. Just changed the name. You might be right. Yeah. The, the original. Name. They just changed the names of the gods. They changed the names of several things, but they really appreciated their ideas for uh, music and art and literature, poetry, yeah. and because they were more of a warmongering country. The Romans were. Look at them. They yeah. went out and they conquered. But remember that Rome was also conquered right. by the Greeks and they they fought back and forth. They conquered each other back and forth. But they were also conquering northern Africa and those regions. And so they had those people as slaves. They went further down in. The Ethiopians were thought to be in Greek mythology and later Roman, they were the land of the blessed. Ethiopia. Ethiopia was the land of the blessed. I mean, they they really loved that region of Africa. But as we get further in, there is not a culture that you will find, there is not a race that you will find that has not been used as a slave mm. around the world.
1: Oh, geez, that's episode... Way down the line, I could I couldn't even begin to argue that. Like, so well, let me think of that. Well, no, let me no, not think about that. It had to <laughs> so do. It's a huge question, but yeah, no, because I mean, if, if you think, think about, about it, today, the, the economic slavery, I think I, because
0: critical or uh,
1: is it all slavery
0: economic though?
1: Well, yeah, but I'm talking about yeah, talking about industrial. That's why I made that industrial on a scale that's international kind of thing. Um, you know, kingdom to kingdom was. Sort of more of a. It, it, they were more of a lower formed societal base, but as we kind of came around and started certainly as we sailed ships, started to to tra- uh, trade with distant lands and open up commerce. Certainly in the age of capitalism and early mercantilism.
0: Oh, this um, was long seeing before people as,
1: seeing people as as um as livestock cattle. As money. Yeah, just pure money. I mean, I got a boat full of these people. And if I lose only eight of them, um, then I'll make out as a profit. When you're talking about human lives, that's sort of on a larger scale, especially since you really caused the diaspora of a, a huge
0: amount of people. But that. you still have the same thing with human trafficking, don't you? No,
1: no, no, not at all. This, But is, not on the, the, the grand scale. scale. This was a, this was an earth-shaking scale. Well, but and, wait. Wait, Especially wait. Before era. you
0: go further, you have to remember that the slave trade was already in operation yeah. in the Indian Ocean, like two to three hundred years prior to well, this the is Europeans the, coming in.
1: Then you can't compare them. They're apples to oranges. It's when you're talking about the triangle trade and just right. the settlement of the northern or the uh, the western, uh, in north and south America. Um the Western frontiers and there and just how many people were just pulled from Africa. We didn't even have right. that many here. There's t- like so many went to Brazil. So there's such a, a, an injection.
0: Well, in Africa South America, there well. are, there are towns that are known as slave towns still.
1: I'm certainly sure. And you that, can go you know, there
0: and they're predominantly black and yeah. very poor but yeah, maybe things that, are changing down there because a lot of Americans are moving down because it's so much cheaper to retire down there. So
1: it might, I don't know. I just, we had the most severe form of slavery here is hence we had this, we had segregated society. Hence we have a very black and white culture. However, I would say we don't, it's coming, really coming together quite quickly for me. I can mm-hmm. see. And it's like, the, I think the accent on black and white culture, you know, our, the intermix of them too, are just amazingly great. I mean, if you look at American art, American mm-hmm. culture, American music, and how it all came together, it's unbelievable. Oh, uh, it's what we've created from this cultural mix, you know, because it, it was very segregated. It, it went, you know, like maybe he's mm-hmm. 1920, 1880s, 1890s, you know, an old guy sitting on a porch, you know, an old black man with not so much teeth, maybe pushing about sixty-four, but mastered this old guitar and made it sound like no one's heard it sound. And then that got passed on, and then now you've got us from those people and and people that were creating instruments in Appalachia, you know, and just playing them, and that came became bluegrass, and then country came up in the twentieth mm-hmm. century, and it's all Nas does his thing in country. I mean. It's right, yeah, and you you have jazz culture, and then well, jazz is just its own beautiful language that was created right here in America.
0: Now, okay, so let's let's wind back a little bit. We actually kind of uh, made a point, but yeah, go ahead. Okay, so critical race theory, yeah, is based on conflict theory from which came out of of critical legal studies which were
1: a series, critical series
0: of yeah. conflict.
1: theory didn't come from critical legal studies. It's just okay. part sociology.
0: It, was that something that, where did that come from? Oh from yeah. Sociology. Yes. Yeah, there's three sociological aspects of sociological
1: study. And one of them would be conflict theory. You know, okay. Sociological conflict. and You know, how it works in, in societies and things. Okay. And so, because we're it, looking at it because there's definitely a conflict. <laughs> so,
0: okay. So, then we had Richard Delgado, Derek Bell, and Kimberly Crenshaw.
1: They started writing series. and others
0: create the tenets of critical race theory.
1: Mm-hmm. What so are serious. those tenets?
0: Do you know what those tenets are? Can you Ex- list those tenets? Me.
1: Well, yeah, it's what we spoke about. You know, it's that races, um, race exists, and okay, in society, race and that. Um, it, it's actually, it serves a purpose. Serves a purpose. And, and that it's a construct of the society itself.
0: Okay, here's where I have a problem with construct of society. So when we say that something is a social construct, mm-hmm. I can go and I can type in what is a social construct and I get, mm. I can get an answer, but it doesn't, it gives me a convenient answer. Yeah, but so race is a social construct. They are also saying that sex or gender is a social construct as well. But if that's a social construct, then that started. Yeah, but eons that's not, ago, where yeah. the race, what, where, where race? Well, I mean, if you're still, if you're going to use, if you're going to use that term, it's got to have something that's going to cover bases correct well it, it, what it does you is you can't it just uses have it this, conveniently it, it, twist it a race so it another. can invent
1: manipulate or or um, basically retire when convenient social constructs that race race is actually manipulated by our society it isn't just some sort of aspect that behaves okay. on its own we manipulate race give me an example uh, great um let's look at uh stereotype the kid the guy who was jogging through the neighborhood who was followed by the guys three good old boys who accosted him, tried to right, kill them him and then killed him. right that is okay. due to the fact that he was they can say all they want about he you know we just saw him as a bad guy not a black guy but he was a black guy
0: so where Trayvon does? Martin
1: was a black guy with a hoodie. He right. was turned out when the hoodie came off. He was a seventeen-year-old skinny kid. I've met dozens of them. It hurts my heart to think about. But he was a black guy first, and that's a social construct. Okay. So you're looking now, for it. where did path. that
0: social con- did that social construct then come? As you said earlier, yeah, from the from the propensity for people to look at the slaves as being less than or dangerous being, being lower but then when they hit society when when they moved up yeah. north when they moved up to pittsburgh philadelphia chicago yeah. new york to all the industrial akron ohio when they moved up mm-hmm. to get out of the south for the jobs that were industrial because they could have a better life mm-hmm. Is that when the dangers started happening, when when you had, the, when you had all the white people clutching their pearls, saying, yeah. oh, my gosh, what it are they is, doing here? These yeah. people look different than me. They speak differently. They live differently. There,
1: there's two parts to that question. First, okay, the, the, o- the overall power of any given society wants to create an enemy and an outsider within the society to focus on. It's okay. great for political. It's great for your politics.
0: So you always have to have you, the boogeyman.
1: Yeah, and the boogeyman is first the the black man. He was made. He was dehumanized to be made a slave after the Civil War. Got now it. I have to accept this person who's not a human as a real human. So you can make the black person quite a bogey, quite a boogeyman quite easily. Mm-hmm. And then what you do is you persuade the lower classes that as low as they are. As much as in the filth as they are, there's always somebody lower than they are, and that's the end bomb <laughs> and the, and that's where it comes from. so was, I may be some poor dirt farmer from backwoods, Arkansas, but I know him better than a n <laughs> and they know that
0: mm-hmm. it's part
1: of their identity without any merit whatsoever. If you are a congressman, one of the congressmen went down during the Emmett Till trial and and they were just confounded they go we can't let him in here he's got to go over in there in the galleries Up, he's got to go upstairs he goes no no this man congressman says this is a congressman and he wants to see mm-hmm. he goes no let me get this in this N guy is a congressman and they're just looking and i saw the interview and they're just like what and he wants to watch and they're just confounded it just didn't cross their minds that a black person could be a congressman
0: well that brings me to the next question yeah the, the, because it would be an anomaly then for Frederick Douglass to have reached his...
1: No, that's that's the identity that's allowed to be praised and put forth as the example that black people are not put down and there's not a conflict. It's their own impetus and it's their own motivation that keeps them back. And it's not true. I know a black person's a millionaire and I know a hundred of them that are white. So what's going on? Yeah, I know this and that, but I know dozens, scores more that are examples of white or, you know, the overlying culture, at least in America. And so So, that doesn't hold water.
0: Okay. So why do, because next week we're going to talk about the um, New York magazine article that I think, highlights a lot of the cringe that we see around crt and a lot of the yeah. misinformation and creates this huge polemic that makes it really difficult for people to understand because yeah. one reason or another and so i would suggest that people tune into that one as well i keep um, thinking
1: about conflict and if you don't like conflict this is based in right. conflict. So, i mean the whole premise of it is kind of in your face here and it was academically in your face here, uh, but they were sort of, they were very specified articles and it wasn't getting any traction. I mean, I was kind of aware of it. I had both copy. There's a 80s book and one at the, in the 2000s and I had both copies. I think I still have them, but yeah, and it Let's, wasn't a big deal until recently.
0: Okay. So why are people... Because I think that that article highlights one of the reasons why people are so adamant in thinking that critical race theory is just wrong. And I believe that you have these – I'm just going to say that these social do-gooders who don't know what the heck they're doing or what they're talking about and they're saying that they are teaching critical race theory and they have no clue what they're talking about. Yeah,
1: like in the schools. And, yeah.
0: yeah, so but you have you have parents who are getting upset because they say that it's being taught and mm-hmm. how honest an argument is that actually? I mean, is that parents who are acting out of pure What's the word that you use when because they've read something inflammatory and that gets them going because, like I've said, the media loves to gin up the public,
1: and exactly, and And they do it so
0: well. And it doesn't matter what what you're watching or what you're reading if you don't have, yeah, Yeah. yeah. and if you don't (laughs) have if you don't have other sources because that's why independent media is so vastly important today um, because it's not the corporations telling you what you're supposed to believe unfortunately
1: um, well
0: some of them are well they yeah kind of are, aren't they? but no, so no. is it is it all a lie that schools are teaching CRT critical race theory well uh,
1: let's let's go to the audience <laughs> let's ask the teachers around uh, God, Uh You know, that's a great question. I actually spoke to a few people at what they knew about CRT, mm-hmm. and they knew the premises of the conflicts. And they mm-hmm. said the more well-informed of them said that they understood that it was – that saw how racism was inherent in our society. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't flesh it out from them kind of if they understood what that meant. Um, so far- they
0: understand – they see the cover of it. Yes. But the context and the meat of it is where they're lacking.
1: Yeah. For example, I asked specifically, are you, are you aware of the conflict as- conflict theory aspects in sociology? And they just blanked out. Like, no, I don't know anything much about sociology. And I said, okay. Because that's exactly where it came from. And I actually studied sociology, strangely enough, at the time. So this was all falling into line for me. Well, the
0: whole thing is... Oh, it, yeah. it- Everything that you've talked about this evening is based on sociology and sociological yeah. principles.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it was supposed to be scientific, sociology in its, its um, infancy. I can't remember.
0: Yeah, but it's a soft science. Very.
1: I mean, it's a very soft science. I thought it was fascinating because
0: it is. I kind of wondered, why
1: do societies do that stuff? Could be in the story, and you have that huge question. Why do they all go nuts? <laughs> Especially about well, happened Nazi happens? Germany, it's like
0: everyone always wants to know why did how did Germany do that? Well, That's I t- <laughs> one of my one of my associates when I was much younger, mm-hmm. working up in Alaska, one of my associates was a former Nazi youth, oh. and well, and we spoke, That's, and yeah, I, I said, I said, what was it like being a Nazi youth? And he said, you know, to be honest, at that time. Everything was in such a confused perception to everybody because they had lost the First World War. The the Deutsche Mark was worth nothing. The inflation was out of control. People were starving. They were doing the best that they could. And along comes this guy who says, I will take you out of there. And they wanted to believe him. And it's no different than any other politician who comes up and says... How good is your life now? Is your life any better than it was four years ago? That's a good point. And, I think that. And too. then they talk about, you know, and and then they move into power. And of course, you had Hitler and the brown shirts and whatever.
1: But. There's actually and the, they start trying. The, 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 yeah, go ahead. I, well, you try not they, to defend or to to compare everyone to Hitler, though that becomes a thing. It's got a name. I can't. Yeah, recall. you can't. You can't well, compare like people Hitler. to that's Hitler. That's not like Hitler. Hitler was Hitler. This is like Jack. <laughs>
0: no, I not. mean, if you compare, if you start comparing people today to Hitler, then like, you actually you don't know Hitler. what you're even standing on. You're I, in quicksand. It's, it's this thing, and it's like, would you quit
1: going to like? Oh, that's like Hitler. Well,
0: Stop. That's the problem with the media because that's
1: what they do. And you go to the worst possible.
0: I mean, you might as well just say, My mother was Pol Pot. But anyway. Exactly. Who's Pol Pot? (laughs) And it's not a dish. So, yes, it's not. But anyway, so here they were, and this guy (laughs) starts leading them. And much like you have this near religious fervor today on so many different issues where people are chanting and they're demanding things. And it doesn't matter which side of the aisle you're on. People are going crazy. They are, they're justifying everything that they're doing. They want to control. They want to dominate. The arguments are all about domination, control, yeah. and who's going to be the overpowering force. There's no, and no then seeking they,
1: solutions.
0: Right. And except they were getting the solutions because they were looking for the boogeyman. And who was the boogeyman? It was the Jews. But you also yeah. have to remember that it wasn't just those 6 million, that oh, no, there were wasn't. over 14 million others yeah. that were exterminated
1: yeah, they were and targeted.
0: Cool. So, but then they started bringing in the war machine and everybody knows that war means money. Take a look at where we are right now. Ukraine. Okay. I mean, how much money are we sending over there? And we're building all of that up. To what to what end? Who knows? But the military industrial complex is just thrilled to death about the whole thing.
1: It'll get and it so, replaced.
0: Huh? It'll get it replaced. Right. And so anyway, so then he did bring prosperity. And so they got this. Mm-hmm. Now, if we're talking about because <clears throat> I like the boogeyman thing. Do we still have that boogeyman today?
1: Well, the ultimately, I think the boogeyman is the failure to face reality. It's it's just that it's conflict theory. It points out a rather unpleasant history. Um, and some people can't like be objective about that. Right. They can't. Um, Truth and reconciliation, Nelson Mandela did when he took power. He said, okay, the truth comes out and then we reconcile, but everything comes out. You know, we have to face this. We can't keep it buried. And I, I highly suspect, and I'll probably scour his writings now and find out, he got that from watching us just never face a race, a racial identity. You know, this we're still wanting to hold on to this black versus white, white versus everyone. It's my country, not yours. And it's like, yeah, that's just not going to work. We have to Is that
0: based that. more on fear? Absolutely based on
1: fear. It's fed on fear. It would, it's fed with fear. It starts with a little bit of fear and then you get some news outlets <laughs> or some podcasts that really feed that. And then you can mm-hmm. just, that can become an inferno. It becomes your identity, i.e. January 6th. You're willing to do something and then later you kind of realize what you did is you go to jail and go, wow, was I duped. I just went a little overboard on that. Yes, you did. Because fear, you let
0: fear take you, which is the ultimate enemy. But that's on both sides.
1: Oh, it's on a human side. It's in everyone's brain. We just don't do well with facing the truth and facing our fears, like to see them what they really are. And they're not. I studied propaganda and how messages, you know, and how people can be like, Mm -hmm. well, racism, how it works, and how your history can be changed. One is you just write about your history or you focus it ethnocentrically. Two, you omit history. Mm -hmm. Or three, you modify it, you change it. And so if you look back at examples of how things have happened, at least in my lifetime, I'm thinking, well, I'll be darned. (laughs) I've seen all that, you know, all this information about Minority history just come flooding forward in the last like 30 years when it was just really difficult to find Mm kind of in like, say, 70 years ago, it was like, yeah, not even collected. I mean, an article here, an article there, and the downplaying of the history, the downplaying of the event itself, sometimes just the utter destruction, that's the fourth, is just the destruction of evidence, just the erasure of history.
0: So, you have these basic tenets to what end?
1: well, it's just a way of looking at it um the truth, if you're
0: looking at it then then why is
1: truth is it's real
0: <laughs> because we I don't understand the conflict if if or are they saying that this is what we need to contend with? this is something we need to do something yeah. about
1: yeah.
0: But that is. would mean that there's an end game to it. Is there an end game to this? Yes.
1: I would say my end game is the same as theirs. I have social justice. Who's
0: I mean. the they
1: theirs? Oh uh mm. Bell and, and the cohorts of, of
0: Okay, the the authors. CRT,
1: the authors of C R T just when they're exploring it, they just want to I just reveal the truth. That's why I always wanted to just teach African American history is just go, look, look, I found this is really interesting. There's a whole nother bunch of history that was just not there and now it is, and let's integrate it into what we have and give us more of an American picture. And so theirs was just theirs was legal, of course. It started out legal and then it expanded mm-hmm. into the study of it. And it's okay. very pertinent
0: and it's very supported and it's very real. We do that. <laughs> So what do we want? What would you like people to take away from this show?
1: Um, that they've just been introduced to a topic that they, most college students aren't introduced to unless they specify their study. And if you are in like a black studies or history program, something like that, you're probably going to encounter CRT on a more advanced level in, in a master's program or a doctoral program. Mm-hmm. Because it's very advanced, it's sort of there's more to it, you know, and and really picking apart the essays and thinking about it takes time. But um, the, you know, there's some four kind of basic tenets about it, and they're pretty true. You know, it's it, it's a part of our society. We can see it. It becomes, and it's not just us. It says a society will do this.
0: Okay, so let me ask you one more question: mm-hmm. how how embroiled in Marxist theory is CRT.
1: Marx's political theory absolutely zero. There's absolutely no references to communism or Marxism in any way. But what Marx studied was conflict and his origins of his philosophy were in conflict theory. And he produced a lot of essays and a lot of works and a lot of thoughts on conflict And conflict in society didn't just say, hey, I'm going to be Karl Marx, grow beard, write this thing, and make people hate me. (laughs) He had a long career as an academic, and conflict was what he looked at specifically, and so he's given credit for that. Sociology tips its hat to his origins.
0: And I think what people also need to realize is that the Chinese and the Russians, even though they seem to be forming an alliance right now, they were at such huge political loggerheads for such a long time because neither of them believed that they that the other guy, the other side, was actually following Marxist tenets <laughs> of communism. So that they both declared that the other had bastardized the entire idea. So She and but,
1: Sunni Muslims. Hmm? She and Sunni Muslims.
0: There you go with There's some the more. F- I mean, you have like yeah, the really? Protestants, the Protestants against oh, the Protestants yeah. and the Catholics, and the Protestants against the Catholics. I mean, yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I mean, it's like, yeah, it's not an uncommon thing. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, not doing it right. Now we hate you worse than we hate even the other enemies. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny that way. Humans, we just, we think weird. I don't, I've been trying to figure it out. Um, there's lots of theories. We just go like sometimes we don't think. I guess is what it is. It's like well that doesn't make any sense, and it's like bingo, <laughs> and it was made, and they do it on a large scale. It's like mm-hmm. people. I mean, I can see being a little wrong, or, but like you made up a story. <laughs> it's like yeah. the Q thing, you know. It's like. Why is no one going? Wait, I'm turning on the lights, and all you idiots better have your clothes on. It's better not be an emperor with no clothes thing because you're all <laughs> stupid. It's like something's wrong here, so I'm going to expose it to the truth. But mm-hmm. it doesn't, they just hunker down. They just go, oh, that's not the way it is. It's like contrary well, to reality, it is what it is. Baby.
0: Well, people usually do double down when they're taken to task
1: exactly my point
0: why even though it serves no purpose for them and even though it means that they're about to drown yeah they will allow themselves to drown rather than say oh wait a second yep you're right
1: bear themselves alive to show they can handle the shovel
0: (laughs) yeah there's something about pride isn't there
1: yeah i didn't really realize how powerful it was Mm-hmm. <laughs> that stupidity was the most powerful force in the universe, but no. <laughs> That's, uh... I'm not kidding. That's, I
0: don't <laughs> Okay. So with that, I am going to say we're going to sign off, and please, please, please do let, recommend us, share us, subscribe. Also remember, we're on YouTube, and we're on all the podcast platforms. We're there for you, and you'll have to come <laughs> back next week when we discuss this further, as we look at some of the uh, what's misinformation.
1: Yeah, we'll talk about why this so, freaks people out.
0: <laughs> right. So. Deconstruct that. There we tools. go. <laughs> okay. So that being said, adios. Take good care of yourself, and we'll see you next week. Bye bye. Sure.